Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Hello and welcome back to the best fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself. I got my guys on with me, the guru, Young Vander, holler at the people. Fantasy things, what's going on out there? And my guy, the rookie aficionado, bro, Joe, holla at him. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we have an action-packed show for you today. A lot to discuss. There's plenty of news uh, this week in comparison to weeks previous. We are going to give you your bounce-back players. These are going to be guys that you probably are going to be able to get a little bit later in the draft than you should based on what they may have done or not done last year. But we think they are going to return to form this year. We're going to make sure that you get all that info so that you can dominate your leagues. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And now we're going to go right ahead and hop into our news. And now your fantasy news. All right, good people. So let's kick this thing off <laughs> with the most notable news that's going on right now. Um, as of Monday at four o'clock, it was no longer uh, available to teams to have long-term deals. So we have several running backs that are either going to be playing on a franchise tag or they are going to forego maybe a week or two, maybe the season, just depending on, you know, what happens. But some very notable names, um, the top of which being Saquon Barkley. We also have uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, Tony Pollard, all in a similar situation to whereas they were hoping to work out a long-term deal that did not come to fruition. And now we have some trouble on our hands. Um, Saquon is going as far to say that, you know, if he wants to make it all about him, that he can do so and forget the team, forget the his teammates. Um, this is about him not saying that he was going to do that, but saying that he could. Uh, Josh Jacobs said earlier um, in the offseason that sometimes you got to do stuff for the next people coming up and you can't be selfish and make it all about you. Tony Parlett, I don't think he said much of anything. So what's the state of the running back? I mean, right now, according to the numbers that I've seen, the average running back salary is actually about a million dollars less than the average kicker salary. So do these guys have to kind of prove a point or do you think that they're going to kind of fall in their own sword to, to prove a point or is this just posturing? And if it is posturing, what for? Because there's nothing that the team can do now to give you a long-term deal. So what do we got going on? In my opinion, I think both of these guys are going to play. I don't think Barkley is going to leave that money. You know, you got to leave. You can't leave the money on the table. People are already going crazy about uh, how running backs are not being paid and how they're being treated. 
you think it's going to be even better with a, a year removed? Like it's going to be rougher if you don't play this year. Uh, so I think he's going to take the, he's going to sign the franchise tag eventually, maybe not go to camp or something like that. Um, and I think he said those words to show that those words made me think he was going to play, you know? Um, okay. Seem it's, it sounded like more of a team guy saying that thing, you know, like I, I could, could do this, this, this I could right, do right, that, right, right. you know what I'm saying? I feel you. So I, I think he going to play. I and again, I think in pilot, of course, I don't think pilot is upset at all because that franchise, that franchise tag is probably more money. He make them. That's, you know, that's the pay rate for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, the pay rate, right? so let me ask you this though. Does that, does, do we have to look at them from the injury standpoint of, you know, these are guys that aren't stranger to injury. And if you are going to miss out on training camp, when you do go, attempt to go full throttle week one or whenever it may be, does that make it more likely that they're going to get hurt, Joe? Oh, that's, I think that's a uh, pretty interesting, like, uh, cause it's something really telling to see. You really want to see somebody in the football program doing everything necessary, especially training camp. It's not something anybody can just walk through. Like, you know, how many players we've seen come through training camp didn't necessarily get all the playing time week one or even week two based on their conditioning. Like, it's a pivotal part. Um, but I think it's really – I think with how the rules are stipulated, these guys can miss up to six games and still accrue with the rest of the league year. So if they're serious about it, we might not see them till they want to show up. I mean, why put your body in the – you know, why take all those touches and carries and all that stuff, and then next thing you know, you're expendable or you're going to get less money than what was offered you. It's like Dylan, no deal, in my personal opinion, with these running backs. I would, I would look at the competition for the first couple of weeks and kind of pull an Emmett Smith from back in the day. <laughs> I mean, like, like if, if I think that they're going to lose them cu- first couple of games without me, maybe I show them how much money they're losing because they didn't sign me. Exactly. Um, but 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 let me ask you this, Barry, do you know whether or not once the season starts? Because I know a lot of times people get contracts during the season, but is, is, is that a no-go for this situation? Or how does that work? Like once you've been franchise tagged, that's that's when you can't get an in-season extension or whatever. Yeah, or how does I don't that work? think I, I don't think they can negotiate during the season uh with this tag. I think you have so to it's play. only with the tag, not in right. general. Right. Gotcha. Okay, okay. If I'm not mistaken. Because I know they were saying that after four o'clock Monday that it was a dead issue. There was nothing right. the team can do. So right. but I mean but, but is that only if they signed the tag? Because I don't think any of them have actually signed it. So if they don't sign it, can the team still do something during the season? Or well, are they I, officially know, not on the team? I wonder if you sign the tag, could you then would that be able to you know, make you eligible to open back up negotiations? I'm not sure. Uh, with the, it's just the tag. You can only play under the tag. Once they tag, okay. that's it. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And I think the I think the only other thing the team can do is trade you if they tag you or something like that. But yeah, it's it's a lot going on with these running backs that um and I, I mean they got a legitimate beef. I mean they're it's okay. Show me what you got. I'm going to use you up, and then after I use you up, I'm going to tell you that the reason I can't pay you is because you used up, and then I'm gonna just draft another running back and do the same thing all over again. Like like, but but honestly though, that's not a. That's not a team issue. I feel like that's a CBA issue. Exactly. What you agreed to is what you agreed to. Now, if there needed to be some type of stipend or some type of, you know, there's a way to do this, that, or the third um, to kind of help out a certain position, cool. But outside of that, I mean, y'all signed a deal. Like, the NFL seems to be the only players that scared to boycott their sport. Like, There's a reason why baseball and basketball – 
has come as far as far as contracts are concerned as they have to this point because they've all decided to just say, all right, then, well, you'll see how much money you make without us. But right. I feel, do that. And I feel like with the running back position, I feel like they, they shouldn't be franchise tag. I think going into the next CBA, you can't franchise tag running back. Mm. So it's either you pay him or, or you let him go get Let him go. Yeah, because they can get franchised twice, matter of fact. That, I mean, so it, then you, you're literally at that, you know, age where running backs start to kind of go down a little bit, that 25, 26. And in, in, in from the team perspective, why would I give you a bigger contract when you hit the age where your production starts to wane a little bit? So, I mean, I can kind of see both sides, but something got to be done because this, this, this ain't making a whole bunch of sense. But a lot of other news to go over. Um, Isaiah Pacheco who um, is still dealing with some hand and shoulder injuries. Uh, it was indicated that he may or may not be on the pup list, but he did work out um, with the quarterbacks and rookies on Wednesday. So I guess that's a good sign. Um, Brees Hall, he landed on the pup list. Now, this isn't the, you know, you're going to miss the first, you know, four, four to six weeks of the season. This is kind of like an off season type of a deal, but is that par for the course for the injury that Brees Hall had or, is it kind of surprising that he ended up on the pup, regardless of whether it was the offseason or in season? No, I'm not surprised by it. Uh, at the same time, I'm not um, in fear. I think he'll be ready week one. I'm not sure how much of a load he's going to get. You know, I'm still firm believe on him being eased back in. Uh, but this pup list for Brees Hall, I think, is just a, you know, maybe a roster move. You know, maybe an extra guy or something like that. I don't think it's. I think know, about that. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. So You're right. <laughs> I think he'll uh, be ready week one, though, for sure. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, Keandre or Kendra Miller, I, I think I'm messing up his first name one way or the other. One of the two is right. But Miller <laughs> of New Orleans, uh, he was put on the NFL list due to a knee injury that he suffered uh, back with TCU. And I don't know if this is, you know, in that same vein of this is much ado about nothing and it was expected based on the injury that he had, or if this would actually fall under that umbrella of being kind of surprising. What you got on Miller, Joe? I know you stay stay abreast to your rookies. Oh yeah, man. So I think with, with uh Keandre, I think it is really it's really telling. Um that meniscus injury was pretty decent. Like I'm not gonna lie, it was a really serious injury, but I feel like it's something he can work through. Now, I think in regards to that, I think he might come off the – he might have like that four-week pup where he might spend the first few weeks on the pup list. But he's been doing tremendously well. I think, you know, if this – if it happened two months two months earlier, this wouldn't be an issue. But because of where it happened in the, during the uh, college season, it's going to play into training camp. I think he, he should, to me, if not come out of training camp ready to go, he might miss a few weeks. But it's not a serious injury to where – it's going to linger throughout the season, if that makes sense. Uh, he's right along where I would think with a meniscal uh, injury. When I read, I got a, a sense of it was an off-the-field injury. I didn't think it was an injury from football. With the uh, Well, the reason why it was um, slated that way is because it didn't happen when he was in the NFL. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But I, I got the same feel like, well, wait a minute, what happened? But then I, I yeah, read it. I thought it was like a vacation saying, accident or something like that. He was saying that uh, he, he got hurt in that uh, playoff semifinal against Michigan. And then he eventually had to get surgery for it. And uh, that kept him out the entire offseason program. But nothing else that happened during the offseason kind of re-injured it or anything. But anytime it's an injury that didn't happen while you were in the NFL or, or it didn't have anything to do with – 
I would say like on the field or anything like that, um, then then they put you on that none football injury reserve list. So yeah, I had the same question. <laughs> um, who else we got in running backs? Uh okay, Joe Mixon supposedly voluntarily left about mm, four or five million on the table, I believe it is. Um, he reworked his contract to be able to stay with the team. I don't know if that means that the team was, you know, kind of had it in their mind that they may go ahead and cut him or something like that. But he did voluntarily leave money on the table. I think kind of seeing what the running back market was looking like and knowing what his baggage is right now, it kind of made sense for him to do what he had to do because he's still getting paid, you know, a little more than what the average is. What y'all got to think about that one? I think he he, he felt like this is his best uh, team to stay with as far as winning goes. Of course, the running back market is crazy right now, but at the same time, I just thought he thought this is the best place for him. Maybe he's already settled in in the city of Cincinnati. That's probably another thing that played a part. But I think he just felt this is the best spot for him as far as winning the Super Bowl, so he took the pay cut. Yeah, I, th- I think also to add to that, I think this might be a phenomenal season. Talk about a team getting better and better on offense. They just picked up that offensive tackle. It's like, dude, I, I want to run behind that offensive line. I think he's going to come back. I think they're going to use him the right way. I think going into the season, you know, many a times we see him like not get that touchdown, not get um, that red zone value that we've seen in times past. And I think he's going to come back to form. So I would bet on myself if I was him too. You're going to take this. You're going to be in the top five offense. And you're going to be the guy. I mean, barring health, you know what I mean? I think it's a good setup for Mixon to kind of pay off that pay cut. few wide receivers in the news. Randall Cobb starts on the pup list due to an ankle injury. Um, Denzel Mims is likely done in New York. It was reported at first that he had been cut. But then a report came out saying that he actually hadn't been cut and the team is attempting to find a trade partner. I don't know how they think that's supposed to work out when everybody knows that you just tried to cut them or that you were that you had it in your plan to cut them. But I guess they're going <laughs> to I guess they're going to try to get a six, seven round pick or something for him. Um, A.T. Perry, he hit the NFL list. So um, his injury is undisclosed. So we aren't exactly sure what's going on there. But the six round pick by New Orleans um, in this year's draft will begin training camp on the sideline as he deals with an unknown injury. Uh, Sky Moore. Um, he's getting looks as the slot guy. Um, right now, it's looking like he may be the, the go-to guy as far as the slot is concerned. That's been the, his dominant area in the offseason. Jarvis Landry, unsigned currently, um, and camp's about to start up. Do we think that someone's going to kick the tires on Landry, or due to his injury-prone nature, is it, it, might he be done? No, I think Landry would get opportunity. He's only 30 years old. Yeah, 30, year, 30 years old for a wide receiver that's under six feet tall is not the same as a 6'4 wide receiver at 30. I don't know why it's like that, but the bigger ones, you, tr- you start to see a little bit more decline in them. Maybe it's because of the force where they play with or whatever. Um, you know, a la Julio, AJ, a couple of big guys, they tend to trend down a little sooner. With the guys that's kind of like the – Slot guys, the smaller, shiftier guys, they tend to stay around a little longer. So I, I think he get opportunity. Uh, he just did, he went on a good offense last year, to be honest. True, true. Uh, so I, I still think he had a lot in the tank. I think it has a lot to do with those guys that are a little bit shiftier and get open that way versus the guys that kind of go right. up and get the ball and then have right. to land. And that kind of like a Mike Williams. Like, 
if right. he was, if, if he had the skill set of a Keenan Allen versus having to go up and get the ball and always landing awkwardly or being tackled while in midair, maybe he'd be a little bit more healthy. So I think that has I think that's a great point. It has a lot to do with that. Um, the biggest wide receiver news of the week: DeAndre Hopkins finally signs with the team. He is now a Tennessee Titan. So. I think that's going to have a little bit of bearing on what we talk about a little bit later as far as bounce back players are concerned. And also, what is the net positive or net negative as far as the other fantasy values on Tennessee? Like as far as uh, Burks is concerned, as as far as King Henry is concerned, like uh, is this going to be a net positive, a net negative, or each week maybe something different? Yeah, I think for this offense, man, I think it really does help Traylon. I think – Traylon's going to develop to be a good wide receiver, but I think he just needs that guy. Like, you know, just for, just for a moment, almost like with CD, how CD had Amari and then he was able to kind of do what he had to do. I'm not thinking he's in St. Elkins uh, CD, but I do think he has a lot of those tangibles to be a dominant receiver, but he just has to pay it off. And I think not being asked to be the guy to learn from somebody like a Deandre Hopkins, if he, if he's ready to take that leap, it's going to be on him because now he has the wide receiver that's going to demand the coverage. That's going to uh, put you know him in favorable matchups across the field. So I think it's going to definitely help Burks, in my opinion. Heading on over to tight ends, uh, CJ Uzama ended up on the pup list, so that may be a leg up for one Tyler Conklin. Evan Ingram agrees to a three-year deal. So it looks like the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars got their guy as long as he can stay healthy, which. In that particular style of offense, um, with Peterson at the helm, they needed this type of tight end. So the rookie, uh, uh, <laughs> Strange, his last name is Strange. I'm not calling him Strange. But um, the rookie is now in a precarious position. I, I thought that give him a year with Evan Ingram kind of just being there on the tag, and then maybe the job might be his going into the following year, something like that. But now with Ingram signing a three-year deal, unless they're using 12 personnel, uh, the rookie isn't going to really have as many bites at the apple as necessary to kind of you know come along the way that he would need to to, to take in any significant amount of targets away from Evan Ingram. So is this a net negative, net positive? Do we think that Ingram is actually going to be more of what he was last year, or he's going to go back to being hurt every year now that he got paid? No, I think it's a positive for everyone. I mean, again, you're not looking for a rookie tight end to come in and be, you know, and it's strange. I mean, this this past draft was a many tight ends, and he wasn't the one that you heard about. You know what I mean? There's so many drafted before him, so I didn't think he was coming here thinking he's going to get a job anyway, you know, year one. And I mean, again, uh, Ingram has been healthy the last several, last couple years. He's been pretty healthy. I don't think that's, you know, I think that's kind of behind him. He played 17 games this past year, played 15 the year before, and then 16 the year before that. So he's had three past seasons of, you know, pretty good health. So I think it's a win-win for everyone around the board. He deserved the money. And um, a tight end is needed in this uh, Doug Peterson offense as well. For sure. That about wraps up the news. Did I miss anything, guys? Uh, if you want to talk about maybe the Patriots giving Leonard Fournette oh, a tryout. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Leonard Fournette and Darrell Henderson both did a workout for the Patriots. So it's obvious that the Patriots are now having um, brought in three free agent running backs. They're looking to add to the backfield. So is this uh, does this impact how you feel about Stevenson at all, depending on which guy ends up there? Um, Dalvin Cook is still out there as well. I know 
they were saying that Miami offered him seven mil for this year, which actually may be a little more than par for the course based on what running backs aren't getting. So um, do we think that Stevenson is going to be affected no matter which way we go as far as bringing in another running back or if it's Henderson, no big deal. They just needed another body. If it's Lenny or if it's Cook, then buyer beware. How y'all feeling about that situation? What I've been saying about Bill Belichick, just can't trust him. <laughs> I know everybody's <laughs> thinking, oh, this is uh, Ramon J's job. Blah, blah, blah. Man, I've seen this movie before. You know what I mean? Too many times. It's like I've seen Coming to America infinite of times. You know, I know what's happening <laughs> on the next scene. You know, I know I could probably say the whole movie word for word. And that's the same thing with Bill Belichick. This is what he does. The news I heard that both teams are saying he didn't get signed right away, but they said he's going to stay in touch. With, so, with which guy? Lenny both, or? They both, both, yeah, with oh. Lenny. With Lenny. Oh. Not, okay, not okay. Darren Anderson, okay. yeah. They say both parties are going to stay in touch with each other. So who knows? You know what I'm saying? I see if it was a, if, you know, if it was a smaller back, you know, then you might be like, okay, cool. But Lenny is a three-down back. He's a big body that can actually catch the ball. That That kind of, you know, raises a flag for me. Joe, yeah. you have something? Yeah, I was going to say, with, with Leonard Fournette, I think that's the one that's really telling. Because Leonard Fournette already made it clear, like, when like uh, money's not going to really come into his decision. But to how much? Yeah. Yeah, but but to how much? Because I think if you go into the Patriots, we already know the Patriot way. We might be looking at 3 to $4 million. For Probably. his caliber player, I don't think that fits what, you know. If, he, if, he, if he's serious about money not being a attributing factor, then, yeah. Then I think that's it's a it's a lot going down there with the Patriots, but we got, we just got to see honestly. I'm just, I'm just gonna play that game. We just got to see because I think the Leonard Fournette one is big. I think him and Ramondre be a great duo, but I think I don't know. It, like like uh, I'll agree with Vander a little bit, a lot more. Like as far as Ramondre, where it might be like, uh, I'd beware at that point. We really have to see it play out, and it's really the particulars. I think uh, Leonard has a lot in the tank. He's really been aggressive working out this offseason. So it's not like he, he on, on you know, trading or regressing. He's actually, you know, in his peak right now. I think he's in great in great shape and he's actually putting in the work. So I, I don't know. I'm excited to see where he goes. The Dalvin thing relatively quickly. I think seven mil could get it done with incentives to make it about 12 million. I don't think he's going to go anywhere for, for seven. Definitely. I, yeah, seven is what was already on the table from the Vikings. Uh, and I, I don't I haven't heard anything about anyone else offering him the same or more at this point. So I know he went to Miami. Um, he looked at the Patriots. Uh, it, it's kind of feeling like the league is basically saying, nah, I'm not going to be the one to buck the trend as far as running back is concerned. So blessing and a curse, I guess that pretty much wraps up the news. We're going to go ahead and get into our bounce back players. All right, good people. Let's hop right into our bounce back players. We're going to go through each position, give you the guys that um, could be, should possibly be, um, kind of give you our opinion on, you know, if they're actually going to be and just kind of go from there. So this is going to definitely be a fun topic. I don't believe we're going to agree on all these guys, but let's start out with the QBs. All right. So we have about seven QBs that I have listed here that I'm going to throw out there. You let me know which guys you feel may, may not your rhyme or reason to it. Um, and then some guys will just be par for the course. And if you agree, you don't necessarily have to speak on it, but we have Russell Wilson, 
Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, and lastly, Ryan Tannehill. Joe, why don't you go ahead and uh, speak your piece first? Yeah, man, it's, this is an interesting list. Um, to me, I think uh, I think it's room for all of them, right? We already know I'm not going to talk on Russell, so I'm going to leave that one alone off the rip. Um, but the one that stood out for me a lot was Dak Prescott because I didn't even know he threw this many interceptions. Um, but actually, he threw 15 interceptions, and he was the second most, well, tied second most with, uh, between him and David Mills. We just don't see that happen. Really, He really doesn't throw double-digit touch uh, interceptions. I think Brandon Cooks uh, was the better version of the the Tyron. I mean, not Tyron. The Hilton experience experiment. I think it's gonna be a lot better with uh, Brandon Cooks, and that's a player that we've seen have a thousand yards with what four different teams. Yeah, I, he's gonna yeah. come back and be that same blanket that they need him to be. And, and then with the addition of Gallup coming back full strength, I just think uh, Dak is really gonna have a huge bounce back. Uh, continuing with that list, I, I like that Tannehill was on the list, and I, it was something I was looking at. Even though Tennessee passing game looked anemic, it was definitely anemic. Tannehill actually did what he's supposed to do: over sixty-five percent completion, thirteen touchdowns, six interceptions. It's like he became, you know, a game manager because the defense really, you know, kept them highly competitive. But he also didn't have a go-to receiver for those downs and distances that matter the most in football. Now we're going to inject to this offense, you know, uh, Hopkins. And I think that's going to really, you know, pay dividends. I really think it really moves him to the middle of the pack. But if he can pull it together, now he has Chig, Hopkins, Burks. Um, he has NWA. Wait, what was that? West, uh, West, whatever my guy uh, is. Uh, I, I, I can't, like Westbrook something. Uh, um, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that guy. Hey, he showed up a little right? bit. He got. Uh, don't forget about Phillips in the slot. Yeah, Phillips. Like I think now he has a, a good compliment. Again, just to move to the middle of the pack. We're not going to expect him to be a, a top ten, but I think he can be in that fifteen to seventeen range easily. I just like you know, like I said, and also too they revamped the offensive line. We thought they were going to miss out a lot. I think they got Dillard um, this off season, and then when they went ahead and got the kid from and for the rookie this year too in the draft. So they revamped the line. Well, not revamped it, but it kept it almost the same with the Wassel one. I kind of like the Tannehill move, too. What you got, Vander? Yeah, um, I'm thinking uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm not going – I mean, for Aaron Rodgers, it was a bad year for him, I guess. I mean, and that will put him, what, finishing something like, I think, 12th or 13th overall. Uh I could very well see him bouncing back, getting back to that MVP caliber uh, type of quarterback. I think he's going to have an MVP uh, MVP type of year. Uh, I mean, he got the weapons are back. I mean, he left a team where he lost his best weapon, and uh, he has bought a younger, younger, a younger version of that car. You know what I'm saying? Um, he got his uh, some, a lot of his guys. I mean, he got uh, Alan Lazard there, somebody he's familiar with. Of course, everybody's looking at Garrett Wilson. He's already saying this guy remind him of the old 17. Right, right. Offensive line is solid, really good defense. He's going to be playing with a better defense he's played with. That's very important. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he has a run game. I mean, Brees Hall, if he can get back to the Brees Hall, what he was looking like, that's going to be significant. Um, I just think he's going to have a real big bounce back. And also, like I like Russ. 
uh, if Russ don't do it this year, then you know all out on him. But with uh, Daniel Hackett, Nathaniel, with Nathaniel Hackett calling the plays last year, it was horrible. Um, he got a better play caller there, a better offensive mind, someone who's going to make the team focus on just football. So all of the diva cameras are out the building. Uh, so I think he's going to be able to really focus on playing football. Uh, so I, I like Russell Wilson as well as a, a real big bounce back this year. My guy that had the biggest bounce back as far as quarterbacks are concerned is actually Deshaun Watson. I, I just really feel like with getting his feet back under him, as young as he is, with all the weapons that I mean, they they have more weapons in Cleveland now than I can remember um, in, in 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 many years past. So, and not only that, but the 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 noise is kind of quieted down a little bit. If that makes sense. So he can kind of focus on football, and the, the media has has moved on from his transgressions, and now he's just about football. Yeah, I, I haven't heard his name all off season. Um, thus far. So I really believe that he's going to have like the biggest bounce back. Um, but the other guy, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson now has no excuses. He's in a different offense, more pass heavy. Now, well, the only excuse is it's the first year of a new offense, but still with the weapons that you have, barring injury, of course, I don't see how you can lose with Lamar. Um, he still obviously has his running prowess, so that's going to be there. But if OBJ is healthy, and now with Bateman being your number two guy instead of being the guy, and actually having the opportunity to develop and kind of you know learn a few things from someone of Beckham's status, I can honestly see this team kind of taking off a little bit. And I think a lot of people who don't have Jackson as one of their top guys based on what happened last year, barring injury, of course, um, they're going to be a little disappointed that they didn't pick him a little bit higher. That pretty much wraps up the quarterbacks. Let's go ahead and move over to the running backs. So with running backs, we have Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, and Brees Hall. What are your thoughts, Joe? So, yeah, with this list, man, it's uh, bounce back running backs. <laughs> I want to say JK, man, because that's my dude. But obviously, with this holdout situation, I don't, you know, I don't even think he's going to hold out. I'm going to go with JK Dobbins. I think, I think it fits his best interest to show up and play this year. He's, you know, I think we seen when after he got the, the midseason scope, he really played well. He balled out. Like he did, he showed what he showed he was as a player. Though I was really shocked that they didn't give him enough for the Rock during the playoffs. Um, I think they're going to revert to what they need to get done. But I like about the OC, obviously, you know, from Georgia. But <laughs> he's, he's really balanced. He can have a top five offense. He can have a top five, you know, passing offense. It's, he's really balanced in the game. I think they're going to kind of lean on heavily uh, Dobbins in that offense. And then somebody, obviously, I'm always big on another guy like Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this guy played through 11 games where his ankle really – his ankle was was horrible. He played, you know, 11 games, had nearly 900 yards, and he was a shell of himself. We all saw it. We didn't see that zap. We didn't have. We didn't see that burst. We didn't see that, you know, electricity. The arthroscopic scope for most of these people, like I said, depending on the injury, look at Dobbins and now something like this for an ankle injury like uh, Taylor. It's a, that's easy. 
you want to clean that out, and then we're gonna give me the you know the guy from the you know year you know the year before last. Oh, I'll take that any day. I think it's gonna be a big bit. I don't care about the RPO. Everybody think Anthony Richardson gonna poach the the rock. I don't think I don't I don't think the the opposite. I don't think I think honestly they can work in tandem together with the RPO. But I just think Richardson arm is gonna it really presents a lot of options for them to attack teams. And I don't expect the Russia that people are thinking off the gate, the the you know, the Mar Jackson, the Jalen Hurts guy. I really don't see that coming from Richardson. It's in his it's in his, you know, blueprint, yeah. But Jonathan Taylor to me gonna get busy next year. I think he's gonna he can he can push two thousand yards. What you got, Vandy? Man, to be all honesty, man, I don't see a bounce back with any of these guys. Oh, um, I don't like anybody to bounce back per se. So you don't I mean, think Taylor gonna be better than what he was last year? Things will be about the same. Only reason I say that is this: I mean, he's gonna be a little bit better because I mean, of course, he was down pretty low. I just think he's gonna lose about five to six touchdowns this year, easy. Right. You know, with that whole rugby rugby deal, if they run that, I just think that's gonna vulture some some touchdowns from him with Anthony Richardson. I'm not you saying don't think Anthony Najee being healthy. You don't think he'll he'll bounce? He got that boy got a a, a lens Frank. Like, yeah. Nah, <laughs> that that's something that never goes away. You got it. You know what I'm saying? I just don't think. And and, and we can't really call. I mean, think about it. He had that injury, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at his finish last year, like Najee was still up there, like what twelve maybe? He's like up there still near the top. So how much higher you think he's gonna go? Considering, you know what I'm saying? I Let don't like see JK. Where he ended up. I think he finished something like twelve. What's the where's the bounce back? I still think those same he guys. He ended up fourteen. So I don't. How much higher you gonna go? If he go to ten, that's a bounce back. You know what I'm saying? I don't think. Yeah, too shy. Too shy. So I, I'm not feeling him. J.K. Dobbins. He gonna mess around and get re- and, and let the Ravens give Fournette a tryout and, and miss his. <laughs> what he got going on? Yeah, uh, he don't want that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think Brees Hall is gonna be a year away. Alvin Kamara is always gonna miss probably four games. The NFL hasn't said anything about that suspension yet. I wonder what they're waiting on. I mean, camp start next week. Well, they kind of wait. They kind of like to coincide with the actual criminal case. They don't but, like to. But that's just it, though. They, they got rid of it. He he pleaded to a lesser charge. It's done now. He 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 didn't. He got a misdemeanor instead of the felony, and they and it ended up he paid the dude a hundred thousand for medical bills, and that's it. The case is so over. okay. So they didn't, okay. That's it. So it's closed. Yeah, it's closed. Right. It's done. It's coming. Uh, <laughs> and then DeAndre Swift. I mean. He is going to the best uh, um, he, he, he offensive just left. line. He just left one. What? Man? If if he if if the the Detroit got to have at least a top three offensive line, like he just left one. So it's not like you know he's going to. You know I mean, quarterback makes it a little bit easier on a, on on his style of running back as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I like, and I, I like Swift. I like Swift. I just don't know how the injury factor is going to be as well with him. The, you know what I mean? the one so, thing about Swift that I, that I'm kind of leery of, because of the injuries, and because of the style of play that the Eagles have, I can see that real being a, a true committee, like like a straight right. up. You get seven, you get seven, you get seven, and we we'll figure out what happens on the goal line. Yeah. But I mean, the guy never had, as far as rushing, he's never had 700 yards in a season. True. Uh, he's never had 160 carries. He never went that far out of the backfield. I mean, like, so I just don't, you know, the bounce back, I just don't, I'm not really feeling any of these guys as far as bounce back. I think 
they can play a little bit better than they did last year. But none of these names I'm expecting to be like RB1s, if that makes sense to me. Even though I think sure. Jonathan Taylor has the best shot of the whole group um, because he's probably the, the, the talent, the most talented. But um, So let me ask you this. You don't think that Alvin Kamara, being that he has a QB that's immobile, he won't kind of go back to his Drew Brees days where he's kind of like the safety valve? And and because his his value has always been in pass catching, um, and you know he he's had a few years where he's he's put up decent rushing yards, but it's been the touchdowns and the pass catching um, for the most part. So do do we think that maybe his new QB can have the same effect that he had on Jacobs last year? It's Pete Carmichael calling the plays, so it's it's it's, it's not quite you know Sean Payton, and he's also getting another year older. So it's Kamara. So I just, uh, I'm just not a fan of any of these guys as far as a real big bounce back. Are, are there any guys that, in your mind, you kind of see as a a better candidate, if you will, for bounce back? Mm, Cam Akers. Okay, I like it. I like um, it. I would say he'll bounce back. He's he's got like Brees Hall. I think he's just you know another year, year removed. He's gotten over his injury over the last quarter of the season. He showed, you know, a little bit more burst, um, kind of looked like the old Cam of old. So I, I like him uh, probably more as a as a bounce back player this year. Let's go ahead and move on over to ride receivers. All right, so this is going to be a larger group. We have Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Rashad Bateman, Brandon Cooks, Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham Jr. and Gabe Davis. Barry, why don't you go ahead and start us out? Uh, just go around. Mm-mm-mm. Man, Cooper Cup, I don't think he has to bounce back from anything. That boy's playing lights out when he was healthy. Facts. Um, so he just <laughs> got to stay he, healthy. That's it. Uh, Debo, I don't I don't see it. Uh, I did like it, it brought Purdy's a quarterback. He seems to have more of a rapport with Ayuk. And Kittle. And Kittle. Yeah, I'm about to say and Kittle. <laughs> I can see him being the odd man out. I can see him getting moved maybe during the season. Hmm, okay. You know, so look look for that. I can see him maybe getting moved, especially if one of these other teams receive or something go down. Who, who would be your number two wide receiver in San Fran if that were to happen? Or do they have him yet? Would it, would it be a part of the trade itself? Yeah, it, they may not have, have him. Had a, they may not have him yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rashad Bateman. I would say out of this group, He'd probably be more of a candidate of a bounce back. He he, he got some good things about him. Um, yeah. The numbers, if you look at the, the, if you get real, like, you know, Joe, he like to get deep down with. <laughs> Way dude, down in the jungle deep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shoe size, what he eats for breakfast in the morning, all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> as far as Bateman, he has those things. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, his his uh, win percentage against man coverage and stuff. He's one of the higher guys. So I could see him bouncing back. Having a more bounce back, uh, and and then the offensive corner they came in, he they gonna sling it around, right? Yeah. Um. So I really think he's gonna be the guy out of this group that have a real bounce back. I think Amari Cooper is gonna be Amari Cooper. Um, he finished ten last year, right? Something like that. So I don't think a real bounce back to go where. I think he could still float around that. Uh, OBJ. Yeah. You know, and Calvin Ridley. This is the one that's kind of tricky. Everybody's hearing what he's been running, what he's been doing in camp, right. how explosive he looks. He's in the right offense, I'll tell you that. 
He's in the yeah. right place at the right time. Uh, hopefully, he won't have one of these uh, local celebrities snatch his girlfriend out the club, <laughs> and he'd be fine. You know what I'm saying? But the local uh, pharmacy guy in the neighborhood sees his girlfriend, and he he lose it. He'd be in trouble. Yep. It loses don't mind, take much so. to ruffle his feathers. So. Yeah, so mentally, hopefully he's, he's aware mentally. But uh, yeah, I, I like Rashad Bateman, though, as a bounce back guy. It's cool. What we got, bro, Joe? Yeah, man. So I actually got probably about four players. But I'm actually on Debo. I'm going to say this. this. this We have to live in a world where injuries don't exist when I say this, right? So I'm going to say that disclaimer. I'm living in a world where injuries don't exist. Because we're going by injury. Last year, he was played by a lot. He had the MCL. He had the ankle. He had the hamstring. What else he had? Um, gosh, I feel like it was another couple injuries. I know he dealt with two knee strains during the course of the season. But point is, it's just like I don't really feel like he was really at speed or at health really to really play into that off. Even with Brock Purdy. Like, again, with Brock Purdy, kind of, you know, Kittle came alive. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who's a stud. You know, I think he's a really good wide receiver. But I think – Debo kind of really is the, the caveat to this offense in the sense where if he can play healthy, and I think this is a tripping effect of having now and Ayuk take his next step, Kittle can be in, being involved in this offense. This dude can really get it done. I think ask him to be a running back right now at this where he is as far as his injury and his uh his instability to kind of stay on the field, put him back a receiver and let him be explosive. And I think they get back to that because he really didn't have those eye-popping numbers at receiver. And I think that he is the caveat. He, if you guys can keep him healthy, you can mitigate, you know what I mean, all this unnecessary stuff, keep him through a whole season. I think a 1,000, 1,200 yards is easy just as a wide receiver, like just catching the ball. So real quick while you're there, mm-hmm. um, them taking that away from him, do you think that, I mean, is he is Debo really that – kind of guy, wide receiver, like with no threat to run the ball. If offense is going to say, hey, we know this dude not going to be in the backfield, he's going to be treated just as a wide receiver. You think he's he could still be an all-pro in his league? But look, but look at, let's look at how Mike Daniels moved Tyreek. And again, I'm not taking into account the speed. Let's, we're, not, we're not saying nowhere near that. But in this, in this type of West Coast offense and how they can utilize him, move around the – how you move somebody is the same thing. You can fake the jet sweep or end around. You can, I'm not saying he won't get the ball at running back, but there's so many ways to utilize him and motion him across the offense. It's like when we saw him even on the field, I, he was a decoy to me. He was really a shell of himself uh, as far as the wide receiver position. But I think you have to keep that threat between him and CMC to some degree. But I just think they also got to get as creative and motion him around. Like I said, I like what, McDaniel did with Tyreek where it's just like, yeah, Tyreek, you know, ended up out wide. He, you know, motioned in, you know, behind the tight end. Then he ran back out. Like, they got so creative down there in Miami, and it's the same guy. This is a Shanahan is the guy who kind of put that rendition yeah, out but, there. Yeah, but this is not new for Debo. He's been playing that offense since he got the San Fran. I mean, I think this. I just think that um, mm-hmm. Debo problem is he's not a red zone guy. And with that being, you know, I think that hurts his right. value. Especially he's not running the ball with him not being a red zone guy and as as physical as he plays, and you know he's more prone to injury. Yeah, I think Ayuk is about to take the next step. It's just looking like it's been a passing of the guard already. Right. I mean, from what I've been seeing, I don't know what you think, Zay. I mean, like 
I mean, honestly, I, I think it's going to depend, like you said a little bit earlier, on the QB situation. If if Purdy's in there, the thing about Purdy is whoever ran the right route precisely and is where they're supposed to be, that's who we throw on the ball. Right. With Debo, Debo's a little bit more, you know, creative. Let me do, let me zig when I, you thought I was going to zag kind of a deal. And he worked out a little bit better with a QB that was able to kind of adjust to him. But I don't, as good as we've seen Purdy be, I don't think he's at the place where he can adjust to the wide receiver as much as the wide receiver needs to adjust to him. He was picked in the seventh round for a reason. His talent has shown to be better than that. But at the end of the day, again, he he was picked in the seventh round for a reason. I, I don't know that he can just in the middle of a play you know, pull a Aaron Rodgers and just know that the receiver is going to, you know, go on a fly route and just air it out there. I, I don't think that's how he plays, which is why, you know, the Kittles of the world and the Ayukes of the world, the people that are going to be kind of underneath, if you will, a little bit more often, are, are going to get a little bit more shine with that particular quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Ayuk so the team and targets. And end up being, uh, Trey Lance messing around and end up being the quarterback through the injury for Purdy? I can see that working out for Debo. Yeah, that's what I think. I think with Purdy at the helm, I mean, you led the team in targets. You know, a lot of people don't know that. You know what I mean? So I just think that he has found his 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 feet his footing in his offense. And I think Debo is gone, and he's making the money too. Even more of a reason to get rid of him. I think he's gonna be the odd man out. Yeah. So going into my second player, I had um Gabriel Davis, and the reason why I had him there is just like after that crazy game against the Chiefs, right? I just thought he was gonna build on that and kind of break out as a wide receiver. What I what I did like to see is that when you look at the numbers and everything, he was tied eighth in drops. And I don't know why wide receivers were dropping the ball because he had nine drops this season. He had a 51% catch rate. Considering the targets, he, had, he almost had over 100 targets this season. He should have cleared, you know what I mean, our expectations fairly easy. But I don't know what it was that he didn't hit that number. I think – it could be a plethora of things. Maybe it was what Diggs was talking about. We don't know, right? But I think this year maybe is the year that we can definitely hedge ourselves on Gabriel Davis to kind of fill in that void. Um, I just think the numbers just kind of lean to that. Like I, the, To me, I think it's an anomaly considered how consistent of a wide receiver he was and where he was going as far as his trajectory. Then next I had uh, Amari Cooper, and I feel like the reason why I would have him as somebody as a bounce back is I really think he could have did way better had he not had, you know, fell to that abdominal injury the last several weeks of the season. He played all 17 games, but that really zapped a lot out of him as far as what he was doing. He was more than a decoy and readily available, but him healthy and Deshaun got to do what he got to do. So let me ask you this. Does that mean then that Amari Cooper may be a top five wide receiver? Because he ended up with all that turmoil and tumultuous this last year. He ended up being wide receiver 10. Yeah. So he might be the most valuable. If, if that's If that plays out that way, he may be one of the most valuable wide receivers because you don't have to pick him with one of your top picks. And from the looks of it, he could be a top wide receiver. So that may be, you know, I went RB heavy first and now my third pick maybe. You know, third or fourth pick, however it works out, um, due to ADP, as Amari Cooper, and I have a true enough, you know, top wide receiver one. Plus, I got my top running back, so that that may be, you know, something to look at. Yeah, I think we really got to look at Cooper. Like I said to play through that abdominal injury, he ended up having surgery, but everything's good. He's going to go into camp a hundred percent. But 
my man really he was really playing with half a half half a you know half a body pretty much going on the field. He still did pretty well, but but we also got to take account too. Look at the six games that Deshaun wasn't playing well for coming back. This man wasn't at the facility, right. not allowed to practice, not to do nothing. So he was at eleven uh, over eleven hundred yards in six games with a mediocre quarterback. We already know Deshaun is not going to be the same quarterback. I think, like you said, he could go. He's going to do relatively well and be um, definitely one of those guys I'm going to look after. And then lastly, I got Brandon Cooks just building off what I said earlier, keeping it quick. I think Brandon Cooks goes back to a thousand yards. T.Y. Hilton is a great wide receiver, and I think he really taught uh, C.D. Lamb a lot as far as being, a, you know, maturing as a, a wide receiver. So I do credit him that. Not as far as like um, any add to his skill set, but just teaching him the nuances of, of his route running and kind of using his body and, and being able to separate a lot more at the top of his route. But Brandon Cooks is is an apex workout guy. I think people forget that. Like, as you know, I know age is for some people, but this guy, his what he put in, you know, his work ethic and what he gets done in the off season. It's like Antonio Brown, like what the hell this dude gets, you know, goes through to prepare every season. So that 500 some odd yards or however many yards, I think it was like close to 600 yards last year. I'm throwing out the window with Dak Prescott. I like Gallup. I think Gallup is really, you know, he just, I'm not saying he, I'm not going to call him a jag, but compared to what Brandon Cook's going to allow this offense to what he's going to be able to do, you know, down in distances and, you know, pivotal moments, we know Cook is going to be, you know, featured heavily in this offense. So I think he's going. He's definitely posed for a bounce back. That 500, 600 yard season, out of here. And lastly, let's hit up the tight ends. For tight ends, I have Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, Mike Gesicki, George Kittle, and Noah Fant on the list for bounce back tight ends. Um, with these guys, obviously Pitts had a, a, a injury um last year, but. I think that offense in and of itself is going to bounce back. Um, And you're going to see a lot more explosiveness. You're going to see a quarterback that's kind of a little bit more assured of himself as far as Ritter is concerned. Waller, again, health. As long as he can stay healthy, good to go. Uh, New York is looking for an alpha dog pass uh, catcher. Um, They're still going to have Shepard there. They're still going to have – you know, Wandale Robinson, we'll kind of see what happens with him um, now that he isn't injured. But I can see Waller being, you know, the go-to guy in that offense as far as pass catchers are concerned. Um, Mike Gusecki will now actually get an opportunity with the Patriots to get quite a bit more targets and looks. I was kind of leery about Gusecki when the scuttlebutt was that Hopkins may join the Patriots, but at this point, I can kind of see Mike G being the maybe the first or second best pass catcher uh, on the team. And God forbid Hunter Henry gets hurt again like he normally does. Um, I, I can see Gusecki being a vital piece, especially when looking at 12 personnel. Um, we talked about Kittle a little bit earlier as far as him, his connection with Brock Purdy. So I think that that can kind of get him back to his, you know, his his norm, if you will. And then um, the other guy, Noah Fant, Joe, I'm going to let you talk about him because I I, I kind of feel like with the additional pass catchers that he might not bounce back quite as much just due to a lower amount of targets. But I don't really have a feel for him one way or the other. Um, but Joe, go ahead and let us know um, how you're feeling about the tight ends. 
Yeah, I think this tight end group, um, is, it does have some bounce back potential, uh, particularly looking at Noah Fan. I think Noah Fan finished last year 50 receptions, 186 yards. Like, And I really feel like um, with that, what kind of bugged me out with that is like this is the guy who's the actual starting wide receiver. And I think uh, – well, not receiver, but tight end rather. Now I think this number kind of is, you know, an amalgam of what he's going to do. Because honestly, with this offense, the sometimes the addition of things really plays into what's really going to happen. Waldron, I really think, is going to let this ball go even a lot more. And I really feel like it plays into some of the decisions they made in bringing in somebody like a Charbonnet uh, to this offense and, and what they did with also bringing in JSN. And I think it's really going to leave a ton of room for Noah Fant to operate. I really think you can kind of see him in the same place as the touchdowns, between four to six touchdowns. But – it's room for him to kind of also improve as far as being a receiver and get to a baby 800 yards, 700 yards, well, seven, 800 yards as well. Again, I think with this one, this offense, it anticipate with Waldron for them to pass a lot more. And obviously I'm a Seahawks guy, so we're going to pass quite a bit more. I think Geno's really shown me, he's proven to me. And I think obviously the organization that that's where he needs to be. I also had a uh, Irv Smith on my list as well, too, where, yeah, he's only 24. And considering what he was looking like, you know, the, last year when he hurt himself, he was looking like a tank. Like this dude was ready to kind of be a specimen at the tight end position before injury. I think obviously he falls to the right, you know, position going to there. Um, I had Kittle on my list too. And it's only because I think, you know what I mean? Like, he what we know Kittle the name, we know the brand, we know he can get it done. But so many times he was left as the you know, he's also one of the best blockers in football. Like, you know, we used to have Jason Witten where we know like Jason Witten was the guy. Kittle to me is in a similar elk where he's like a phenomenal blocker, man. He really is underrated. But I need to see him catch the rock. And I think again, for the 49ers to take a step forward this year. You can't just have games where he's he's not getting it done. He's just blocking. He's doing everything else. You got to get this man the ball in his hand. We, we know he got the talent. He's uber talented. So I think he's definitely somebody who's going to return back to form. Okay. Vander, go ahead and round us up. Uh, for me, looking at this group, man, I think the elephant in the on the list is uh, Darren Waller. Uh, he walks in. He's the best receiver on the team, day right. one. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? He only played half the season last year. You know, finish towards the bottom as far as uh, at the tight end position, something like around 24, 25. Uh, so I like him as a bounce back candidate. Uh, Daniel Jones, again, he's the best receiver on the team. Who knows what this thing's going to look like if Saquon is there or not. Uh, so there's not a whole lot there. I just think that he's the guy for the bounce back candidate. I think Pitts, man, I'll tell you what, I, 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 I don't like Pitts on this team. I like I love Pitts, but I don't like him in this. This is a run heavy team, and if you watch Falcon games last year, it's like they didn't try to get this dude involved in offense. And now with uh, the the addition of you know Bijan, who's a running back that's probably gonna be able to hold up a lot better because Cordell he just couldn't hold up the whole season. Right. You know he yeah. uh, he go he go off for the first four five games, and then at the end of the day, his receiver body kicks in and he can't take the whole licking and ticking of a whole NFL season at running back. And Allergy was pretty good too last year. He was the second best uh rookie running back last year. Yeah, I I don't I don't like Pitts here, man. 
I don't like him. I don't. I don't think he's gonna do that well. So let me ask you this: not, and it's not because of ability, because ability okay. is there. Right, right. He's just in the wrong place. So do you hold out hope on Pitts as far as Dynasty is concerned? I mean, or... you have no choice. I don't think. I mean, if you can find a, a taker for him, you know, somebody else believe in him, you can go, you know, grab some guys, maybe grab some future first round picks or something like that. I probably would do that. I just don't think he's gonna be. A tight end one. Mm, okay. Is he a tight end one? Yeah, he is. <laughs> in Atlanta? No, he's not. I just don't. I don't, I don't see it. If, I mean, unless they just come with a whole new game plan this year and, and you know get them involved. But watching them play last year, they just wasn't there. They was not looking to do away. I just like he's. I just don't think he's not being used the correct way. He's just not. He need to go somewhere where he can really, you know, be a force. And this, do you this think Atlanta would actually trade him, or, do, or is this just going to be a one contract sort of a deal? Or uh, how do you feel that's going to end up playing out? I don't know. I'll tell you what: if he was in Jacksonville, he'd be the. <laughs> it'd be Kelsey. It'd be him and Kelsey at the top. Mm, okay, that's just what I'm saying. Like he's that good, but man, I, I hate it for him. You know what I'm saying? But I don't. I don't see it. I don't see him doing well this year. Whether he's healthy or not. Mm, okay. Um, as far as Jaseki, I'm not going to call it a bounce back because he never was on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just getting his opportunity now. Eh, touche. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it, he finally getting his opportunity, I think. You know, there, of course, Hunter Henry is there, and everybody's hoping for this two tight end system. He's looking like that. He's kind oh, of wide like Breaking news. The Lions are trading for Denzel Mims, so now we know why the Jets didn't cut him. No details on the trade, but it looks like the Giants are picking up another wide receiver. I like it for the, I like it for the Lions. The Lions is a sneaky team, man. They are. They could take over that division quite as hell. Yeah, they're gonna surprise some people. I think this year, and with Jamison Williams uh, being out for you know a few games, I think Denzel is actually a he's a nice he's a pretty good specimen of a guy. You know what I'm saying? He's a good solid receiver. He just haven't had the best hand uh, dealt to him. I mean, he's he's prototype. He's 6'3", 207. Like he's he's a you watch him like he's a he's solid. He's just been in the wrong place. Being in New York, maybe this opportunity give him an opportunity to get the ball. But back to these tight ends. Uh, yeah, I just think I just think Shaky finally gets opportunity to be the man. And uh, and lastly. No offense, he'll be where he's been. And I think George Kittle will also bounce back and get towards the top of the tight end board with a healthy Brock Purdy. If, if Brock Purdy's not, then he'll be taking it again. Any honorable mentions, guys that kind of came to mind after we got started? Like, hey, why isn't he on this list? It's roadkill at this point. I, I talk about Deontay <laughs> like every show, but it's just the sheer volume moment. The dude had 147 targets. Only had 800 yards and zero touchdowns. We're in the, over the last. If you look at the last three years, he's been in tops as far as targets in the league. I just feel like that value can't go underpay another season. I'm just, I just, it just doesn't make sense. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna keep plugging Deontay. I don't like to. I mean, point, I mean that that fits into your belief that Kenny Pickett is going to be, you know, a top 15 quarterback. So, if, in order for Kenny Pickett to make what he needs to make it, then. I kind of feel like Deontay's going to have to go back to Deontay as well as Pickens 
he's he's going to have to get his fair share as well. So I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. If I thought that Pickett was actually going to be better. <laughs> but, well, the one bounce back we didn't mention, man, Mac Jones. I mean, Facts. this is the Facts. guy who has yes. opportunity to really bounce back. I mean, you're right. We see him, you know, come out rookie year, made the Pro Bowl. Last year, he had uh, the janitor calling the plays. <laughs> and then now they finally got an offensive guy back in there who's called the plays. So uh, I think he'll be the guy that had the biggest bounce back of all the quarterbacks. This guy finished where last year? Uh, 27th, something like that. He's so he pretty finished, low. Yeah, so the sky's the limit for Matt Jones. So to me, I think he'll be the biggest. Uh, he ended up twenty third last year. Twenty yeah. third, so yeah. he'll be the biggest bounce back guy. I think uh, this year, in my opinion. Nice call. I, I don't know how I left him out, especially being a Patriots fan. I, I guess maybe subconsciously, I didn't want to jinx us. <laughs> but but yeah, having Bill O'Brien there, just having an actual offensive coordinator. I, I, it's going to make a world of difference. And then, then someone that he's he's familiar with and kind of has a feel for it, that, that matters as well. Another guy I'm going to throw out there too, wide receiver, I think a, a pretty good bounce back candidate, Elijah Moore. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's you now know. a Cleveland Brown. So yeah. I think, you know, we've we seen these old Miss wide receivers come in the league, play well, and he was like, the uncle of all of them, you know what I'm saying? He was the one. Right. He was supposed you know to be that saying? dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't. You know what I mean? So I just think, you know, being stuck again in New York, just like I say, Denzel Mims, these guys are not not that bad at wide receiver. I think he's one that's going to get opportunity. There's been some talks in camp saying he looks good. Uh, so with a good quarterback, man, Deshaun, I, I can really see him bouncing back and kind of getting, getting his name up there in the rankings as well. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. We'll be back to you on next week. Until then. We out.